and welcome everyone to Gunpowder, Treason, No Plot. I am your DM and host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I am joined by my three regular co-hosts, Matt Dennis, Flo Dennis, and James Bunkle. Hello. 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 Oh, the, the rest of us are here. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to mute me for a second. It's going to be an interesting episode. I'm going to do my solo session. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more on the lines of please leave a message after the tone. <laughs> is that where your brain is at the moment? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, well, um, they will be reprising their roles as Tommy Hawkins, our gunslinger rogue, Sophia Landrin, our fighter cleric, and Dick Fate, our half-orc barbarian. And, well, last episode things went down and continued to spiral down. Until the end of all things. What are we there yet? Sorry, is <laughs> is there a point to this episode? Ah, <laughs> it's all done now. Yeah, sadly, that was it. I just, this is the recap. This is the campaign recap episode. Uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> um, I should have prepared one. Yeah, I know. Sad times. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not the end of everything yet, but things are a little bit dire. In our last episode. Well, you guys kind of came to some conclusions and decided that an assault on a giant army right now was not in your best interest. In fact, you decided to retreat, regroup, and go find some allies, which was probably a smart move. Um, you left the Crown of the World Mountains and started on your way back to Blackfrost Fortress. Unfortunately, during the night, some strange occurrences happened. Sophia was a little bit tormented by dreams and maybe reality, as R4 lost his mind for a brief period of time. But you survived and made your way back to the fortress, in which you have deposited anything you wish to deposit, picked up anyone you need to pick up, and I think now Solara is joining you, at least in a non-combat capacity, as she is now on your airship, as well as Rurik and R4. And that was kind of it. You guys decided that, well, no time like the present to find some friends. Let's head to, I think you decided on Vorik Spire was kind of where you were going first, because you wanted to go there and then fly across to Teatrus to find Sophia's dad. Um, and the interim step here is that you're going to plane shift over to the pl elemental plane of air, and then, well, back to the material, and hopefully nothing bad happens in between. That's the plan. Yeah, I mean, it definitely shaves off um, a good few days of the um, the journey. And I think that's that's kind of the idea, isn't it? Really, we're going to just um, we'll just go plane hopping um, to try and speed our way through as quickly as we can, because we do realise we're running fairly low on time to uh, save the world. Yes, and yeah, the uh, the physical journey to get there would take, I think, weeks, considering where you guys are to get to uh, where. Yeah, so I think I think Mexico I think we're is. doing a kind of um, Game of Thrones season seven and eight, where we you know just we just hop around the map a bit. And um, <laughs> everyone just forgets about time. That works for me. Less yep. things to keep track of. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Where was that bit when Gendry was just in a boat for like an entire season? Can we just do that? We'll just be, be, well, we're on an airship boat. Yeah, yeah. That's it. We're just, just yeah. going to float it's around. just an entire season. Chat ship. Yep. <laughs> I'm on a boat. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, well, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping things things move on a little bit quicker than that. And we, we we don't get forgotten about in the plot. Well, hopefully not, because we are still going to focus on you. <laughs> That's good. Yes, but uh, while you guys were doing that, it seems 
the uh, enemies up in the north completed their little plan over that side and a storm of madness and sheer chaos started to rain down upon the world, or at least that little portion of it. And uh, our old friend Flodo got to witness it. Nice Yay. little uh, cameo there. Was well, nice. She's still alive. That's something <laughs> we, we, did, we didn't know up to that point. It's nice for one of one of Flo's one shot characters to still be about. Yay! Yes, you know, she is still alive, and you hope and still what, still alive. <laughs> it, it appears that well, from what what we heard as well, the Archpriestess Lauren is apparently around as well. Still, yes, indeed, she may be still working behind the scenes in your favor. Hopefully. Who would who would also be a valuable ally um, if we could work out where she was or knew that she was still alive and wasn't trapped in the dome, which I don't think any of us apart from Solara, who doesn't remember, know about, unfortunately. Yes, if you could get Solara's memories back, she might be able to uh, shed a bit of light on a few different things. Well, fortunately, I think we're going to the best place for her. You hate. Well, it's t- taking her home anyway. Well, taking her to the people who stole her memory, at the very least. <laughs> well, are we, are we going to the Spire first? Isn't that where we're her home? Oh, that is true, yes. Taking her to the Spire, which is her home. Where she grew yes. up, where she trained, where she learned a thing or two about a thing or two. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's the idea anyway. You know, we're going to take her home and be like, uh, yeah, sorry, we, we kind of broke her. Um, are you going to remember you... them? Sorry, is she going to remember them? I don't know. Yeah. You haven't asked her. Well, Which, she, we, 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 she did give you a hint. She did say that she recognized it. So you can imagine she probably has some memories. It seems more recent memories, and you could probably take a guess it's all the ones connected to Sophia are the ones that are gone. Mm. Yeah, she has PTSD about that. It's fine. Probably, yeah. And, and also, she lost her memory as well. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> start as we mean to go on here, I suppose. Mm. Arc three, new time. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Same yes. old bullshit. <laughs> now with the vampires. <laughs> oh, fucking vampires. Yeah. Um, um, I think you're thinking about making some kind of reference to Morbius in there. Thing is, all the memes going around. But um, oh yeah, yeah, we're definitely right on the uh, cultural zeitgeist with this. It's morbing e- time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna morb up, mighty morbin, <laughs> Doctor Morbius. <laughs> Uh, time for the arc three sweep. Yes, yeah. definitely, definitely. <laughs> but let's uh, let's jump in then. So you guys just use the plane shift ability for the first time. So the elemental airship pops out of existence and begins to basically traverse the planes to arrive in the elemental plane of air. And this is pretty much instantaneous uh, as far as you guys are concerned. You disappear in one spot, reappear in another, and. What I want to do just in between those points, though, as uh, we've we kind of rushed through time quite quickly here, I want to kind of catch up with a, maybe at least one of you right now just to see how things have been going. Because there's been a lot of information dropped, a lot of revelations and a lot of uh, difficulty. And I'm, I'm interested to kind of check in before we jump into the game proper with, uh, I kind of want to check in with Tommy. And uh, mainly because you've kind of had to swallow your own plans a little bit here because you wanted to go after Valmin but now I think everything's kind of changed around and you've you've pushed that back again you learned a little bit about what's going on in his area and you weren't able to get any details on your own father so I'm wondering what's what's Tommy thinking right now with this current plan and I guess helping Sophia being the priority right now yeah it is but I mean I think everything Tommy's kind of feeling like 
You know, we've been sleeping for a long time, really. We've been going through everything kind of as it happens to us and, you know, just going with emotions, having great plans of what we were going to do without any real kind of clear goals and things I want to do. And obviously, obviously, since kind of Tommy's bad day, very start of arc two, Valmin's been occupying a good portion of his mind. And really, you know, it's 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 his it's kind of it's it's all about dads for Tommy. He's got some serious daddy issues. Um his his father figures Valmin and really that's that's the person he cares about. He doesn't care about his real dad at all. And you know, this whole kind of bar spawn thing, he still doesn't really believe. You know, well, cause cause to believe it takes a a fairly hefty mental leap into believing that gods actually exist. And whilst he kind of knows they do, that that kind of brings them home a bit more than perhaps he's really willing to readily admit. Like, okay, fair enough. He's gone from a stage of God's bullshit. It's just a way of controlling the populace to, okay, fine. There are greater beings that, you know, they don't care about people except to control them. So they're just like lords, really. But they're just, you know big all-powerful dicks in the sky and then oh now your dad might be one of them oh for fuck's sake seriously mm-hmm. um he just he's not fussed about that at all really um and he's not really too worried about finding out any more about it although you know he, a little bit he's he's a little bit interested a little bit of kind of in the back of his mind somewhere but really fundamentally his focus in terms of what he actually wants to do if the world wasn't going to end he'd be turning the ship in the direction of Valmin and trying to get him out. And it doesn't, who gives a shit about what everyone else's plans might be. We're going to save Valmin before something horrible happens to him because he's already in a pretty bad spot. And also, you know, there is still the understanding that Valmin's got, like, having Valmin on side would be really useful. Having his skills and technical expertise would be amazing for upgrading um, our airship, for upgrading our defences, uh, um the fortress and perhaps whatever he's been working on there we could use to our advantage like like last time we found out he'd been working on kind of mechanical men and we ended up with r4 if we can um bring this iron drake um and it's just it's a weapon that we can use it might help turn the tide so there's a lot of things pointing that really it would be fantastic if we could get barman saved but you know solara is a, a friend she's been yeah, a, a constant help in the party ever since we um she she first rescued us from a cave and Tommy kind of understands and respects the relationship that um Sophia and Solara have and getting her memories back is useful. You know, we we discussed the reasons why we were going to do this this plan and Tommy's behind it, but you know, if it wasn't the end of the world, Valmin would be his real priority. And yeah, in terms of everything else, I don't think he's really had a lot, a lot of time perhaps maybe over this this kind of um, interlude while we're on the ship for a little while without too much going on. He'll have a bit of time to mentally process what's actually gone on, but he hasn't really given himself any time to do that so far. He's just kind of, it's been crisis after crisis after step after step, right? We're, we're, um, we're on our way. We're going to get eaten by a dragon. Oh no, now we're going down. Now we're facing all these challenges. Oh, I've lost some fingers. Oh, now we're facing Martin again. Oh, now the dragon might still eat us. And all these things have just kind of been, happening and he really hasn't had a moment to kind of work out what that means except that we're still rushing we're still on the move things are still still happening and 
um, the world is still very much in danger and perhaps a little bit of guilt as well because obviously we did just abandon what we were up to. We did we didn't follow through on the um, Dragon Rogar thing, which we are at least in part responsible for. So yeah, there's a lot. He's got a lot going on, but he hasn't really had time to process it. Problem is now that we we have time, we don't really have time because now we can just hop along to it on the air like on the airship. Oh, it was before. It was like, right, so we're gonna just keep walking, are we? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a mix, <laughs> it's, it's kind of it's kind of a mixed blessing for 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 time, you know, because the characters don't have long as much time to kind of process things. But I mean, at least we're less likely to get fucking sniped by an orc or attacked by wolves on the way. So that's, that's true. something. That's true. I don't know what's yeah, going to attack no, us in our it's airship. It's not like but... a. So, are you going to? Are you running? Are you stealthing? Are you going normal pace? I'm like. Yeah. Are we going <laughs> to miss things? I don't know. Yeah. Um, probably. Yes. Probably. Pro- almost certainly. Yeah. <laughs> so at least, at least, yeah, we are moving around, and we we do have a bit of downtime on the ship. I mean, we are presumably sleeping and resting, and Tommy's getting to read this book, which is really useful. So. You learning to read then? Uh shut up, Sophia. That's right, Dick's teaching. Hey, oh yes, he's teaching me the longer words. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Dick doesn't know how he knows them. I'm sure, but <laughs> so okay. So that's a, a bit of insight into Tommy's mind right now. So I guess we best drop you guys down into the elemental plane of air, which is a place none of you have been and none of you really know that much about. We're going to air. I thought we we're going to earth. No. Oh, no, 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 uh, sorry, my bad. We, 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 we were deciding whether we should go water or air, because, uh, and, and, but both them, everything else didn't seem like a great idea in an airship. Um, but I think we ended up, uh, we, we ended yeah. up think that going with air because in the, what we need in an airship is air, and what the plane of air is likely to have is, is hopefully air. So <laughs> it seemed like a fair shout, anyway. And also, it wasn't like, all blackened and horrifying um like some of the other planes indeed (laughs) yeah the uh, plane of fire and plane of earth are not looking good the sheriff looks horrifying the fey air and earth are still looking okay there are planes beyond that that you could jump to but those are the uh most connected to the material realm okay then so as you appear i'm going to show you guys a picture Ooh. Mm. yep that's definitely air and some clouds Mm. I'm just going to give you guys a bit of a description of the plane of air. So the essential nature of air is movement, animation, and inspiration. Air is the breath of life, the winds of change, the fresh breeze that clears away the fog of ignorance and the stuffiness of old ideas. And the plane of air is basically an open expanse with constant winds of just varying strength blowing you guys around. Here and there you can see chunks of earth drifting around in the openness. You don't know where they're from. Perhaps clashes with the plane of Earth once upon a time, but right now they just act as floating islands, just basking in the clouds. You can see that potentially life could exist on those islands. Perhaps that's where certain creatures here make their home, but they're quite far from you. If you wish to travel there, that's one thing. But if you guys are planning to hide, essentially, in the plane of Earth, the plane of air for the day, you might want to steer clear. You can also see these massive rolling cloud banks that seem to be, you'd swear, almost physical. In fact, looking at them, you'd worry about sailing your ship into them. You wonder if 
perhaps through some sort of magic of this realm, you could even stand on them. They look that physical. You expect that, given the nature of this place, there's probably quite a lot of storms, hurricanes, bad events that can just blow through and maybe knock you off course, so it's best to keep your eyes peeled. The plane of air is... It's a complicated place, just because of how open and seemingly endless it is, but you get the impression that if you stray too far, you might actually start to reach the borders of the other elemental planes. You've never done that, at least not in when you visited the plane of fire, and obviously this is your first time here, but it's actually possible to reach those borders if needs be. And given what you know about some of, the other, some of those other planes, that might be a little bit cause for concern in the future. Yeah, as you guys float amongst the clouds, you can just take this day to relax, read your book, Tommy, if that's what you want to do, or Sophia, Dick, if you guys want to study something, work something out, dedicate some time to one thing or another, do let me know. You've got effectively 24 hours before you can teleport back. Let's have a look and see if Dick has anything he can read. Tommy is going to read his book. I'm going to talk to Solara. That seems like a smart move as well. Um, right. Yeah, no, Dick doesn't have anything to read, so I'm guessing Dick's just going to bum about for a day. I mean, you've read everything that you've ever read before. It's just like the past. How long now that your your intelligence is that much greater? Uh, when you write some like, poetry, it's been like two, three days. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you, could, you could you could tinker with the ship. I mean, I mean, Tommy's gonna Tommy's definitely gonna read as much as he can of his book, uh, but he's also probably gonna sit out on deck and maybe take in some of the um some of the views because it's quite peaceful at least looking at it now um compared to some of the places we've been before it seems quite um quite Im- impressive and vast but not i mean there's there's no trees really there's a few trees but not many trees so tommy tommy quite likes that um <laughs> yeah. uh, open open forests are, th- are the thing tommy doesn't like very much but um Open skies aren't too bad. That just reminds really? him of looking. It reminds him of looking up in the city, which he did quite a bit, climbing onto rooftops and things, and looking out on the um, on sunsets um, after a good job, uh, maybe after a few few cases of ale with um, the rest of the uh, gang. So yeah, climbing off onto some of the tall buildings. I thought you might have thought it was a bit too clean. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I probably wouldn't like to land on any of the little islands very much. But as it is looking out across the vista, I think it, Tommy feels quite calm. You know, it's quite quite peaceful. It does remind him of those um, those knights climbing on top of some of the um, civic buildings in Varadin that you definitely shouldn't have been on top of and um, looking out. So uh, just how uh, peaceful is this place? Dick, Are you Dick, Dick, Dick still, <laughs> yeah, Dick's still kind of a bit. Dick, I suppose Dick's not necessarily asking anybody. Dick is kind of stating that as point, mm. in that you know, uh, it's it's not it's not often when things just stay quiet, is it? Let's be honest here. Not, you know, not, it's not, usually, yeah, it's not, usually, not. There's usually something coming around the corner, so I think Dick might be you know listening to Tommy and want you know. You know, if Tommy's out on the deck and whatnot, and you know, that's all the players amusing him, and yeah. uh, but also keeping keeping one eye, you know, one eye out just 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 in case there's any rumblings or anything going on because Too you know, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's too quiet. The next thing you know, T Rex is coming and you know we're <laughs> so I mean, you know. yeah. Uh it's all right. We're, 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 yeah, unless we're coming across any of our other characters that have got polymorph. Yeah. Um Yes. <laughs> no, I would yeah, I mean if 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 you say that to Tommy, he's gonna be like Yeah, I mean you got a com- fair fucking point, mate, but you know it's like <sighs> things are always coming for us, aren't they? So while you've got a moment to stop and smell the roses, as it were, you might as well. I mean, how is the ship feeling? Because, like, the ship spirit, the whatever it is, is, is from the plane of air, isn't it? It is. Um, I mean, Sophia, if you want to go down and kind of check on it. Um, yeah. You get a sense, it's just standing in the radiance of the crystal as the uh, the elemental kind of swims around inside of it. You do just generally feel a sense of calm. It does seem to be happy to be home. Hmm. Mm. That's nice. Yeah. Considering it's, uh, it's been like not doing anything for the past millennia. Yeah, we we we, we were quite nice to it, really, weren't we? We we took it on a little trip home um, before going on. <laughs> yeah, just a little vacation for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Dick. I mean, if you want to keep an eye out while Tommy's kind of reading and uh, Sophia and Solara are chatting to each other, you can certainly do that. You're yeah, being yeah. Uh, untrusting in this particular place. But so far, it does look calm. You Looking out in the far distance, you can see storms on the horizon. It looks like there probably are quite big weather events that sweep through here. But if needs be, you can move the ship and hopefully avoid anything that blows in your direction. I will say this, while you guys are kind of taking this little bit of downtime. I'll say Rurik will actually come to speak to you, Dick. Oh, how interesting. As you're keeping lookout. The uh, dwarven cleric will approach and uh, sort of stand next to you and go, How are you finding this place? Well, Dick, uh, Dick is uh, somewhat, um, shall we say, untrusting. Um, you know, kind of seems as always something just coming round the corner. How about you? It kind of nods and goes, I, I can't say I ever trust a place that doesn't have a good bit of rock overhead. It's too open, too uh, airy for my liking. But uh, hopefully this is a little moment of reprieve at the very least. I wanted to have a chat with you, though, just because I feel you might have some insight that perhaps the others don't. I came along with you all as a group because I had a a goal in mind. I was going to try save my brother, and that is still my prerogative. And I know that you yourself have mentioned a few times you've got a friend that you're looking for. And I got the impression... Yes, yes. Hmm. I got the impression we were all kind of headed in the same direction there, and I know I agreed with the plan to come here instead, but it weighs a little heavy on me. Part of me feels like I'm betraying him somewhat, you know? I just wondered how that sits with you. Are you okay with not going directly after your friend? Well, uh, I suppose when uh, when Dick thinks about it, and when Dick, hmm, how can I put it, uh, sets his own feelings to one side, Dick understands that uh, sometimes there are bigger things going on here, and. I now understand that uh, trying to save Montel might be the most difficult task we had. 
So whereas my heart would say, I have to save Montel, I have to go, I need him. My head says, this is the best way to save the world. Rick ponders that for a moment, and I'll say, do me a persuasion check with advantage. An 18. Nice work, Mr. Charisma. Nice work. <laughs> 18. Rurik is quiet for a moment, then he sort of nods and goes, I, a bigger plan at work. I understand that well. I know Moradin sent me across the ocean in search of my brother, but perhaps he sent me there to witness what I witnessed, to see this madness growing, to see the threats that you and your friends have been facing. Perhaps he realized I could be of far more use there with you than just going after my brother. I do worry for him, left in the clutches of those those mad cultists, whatever the hell they call themselves. But as you say, sometimes the personal feelings have to be put on one side. I'm sure we'll both get we'll both get to our kin sooner rather than later. On this path we walk together. Agreed. That too is Dick's ultimate hope. And I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I'm assuming there is beer somewhere on this ship. So <laughs> I'm sure you if, stocked up at uh, Black Frost. It, it, if we if we have some, if he's got, if he's either got one or he doesn't, I'm going to hand him one and you know offer him the you know the cheers because we kind of we are we are in a very similar position. Hmm. He will. Uh... Graciously accept and uh, clink drinks with you. If um if I if Tommy doesn't have one on him already, he's going to be like, uh, even though he's not had any of the conversation, sat on the deck a bit further away. He's going to be like, <laughs> yes, please, guys. <laughs> Dick, Dick will throw one over to Tommy. Uh, to, 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 Tommy, Tommy will definitely, definitely catch that um, using some dexterity. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, with it, with his, with his, he's got his boots off. He's got his feet up on one of the bars of the of the deck. He's got the book in one hand, and now he's got a beer in the other. And he is all is right with the world right now for Tommy because <laughs> he's just he's just taking a moment, a bit a bit of me time. <sighs> <laughs> uh, yeah, as you enjoy your uh, book to good healthcare and uh, regular training exercises <laughs> exactly <laughs> well, slamming a bear sorry <laughs> <laughs> right, the, the, the regular training starts tomorrow that's fair enough you have to you have to ingest all the lessons first before you apply them absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. that's my motto I'm still learning fair enough and uh Okay, then. Well, while that's going on, Sophia, you want to talk to Solara. You can find her um, below deck, not too far away from everyone else. She's just in her in a room. Uh, she brought a few of her books with her that she's been reading, all the stuff on the Feywild. So she's kind of still studying and trying to work things out about curses and various uh, cures. She will uh, yeah, she'll be there and you can go in and chat to her if you wish. Hmm. Ask her... Um... How's the studying? I mean, have you found anything? Remember anything? Seems like we haven't spoken in in a really long time. She nods and goes, "Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's been a while since you guys left. Um, I, I've tried the best I can, you know, to to be useful. I've been reading 
everything Black Frost had on the Feywild and on Curses. And honestly, there's 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 quite a lot of overlap. I can't say I've remembered anything, but I've learned a lot about the Fey. Um, typically, they're tricksters. They're not necessarily vindictive or cruel creatures, but some of them are. They're capricious, I suppose you could say. Some of them almost sound like the sort of kids who'd pull the wings off of an insect, you know, just to see what had happened. Not because they hate the insect, just because why not? But then others are spoken about quite, you know, positively, that they help people, you know, lost travelers, or they'll invite some strangers to a dance, and it'll be the best night of their lives. And, and she kind of points to her own uh, slightly pointed ears and goes, I suppose in many ways I trace my bloodline back to them as well, so I can't be too harsh. <laughs> but it, it seems to be a strange place, you know? Very unpredictable. You have to be careful about what you say and who you interact with. You can end up being stuck into bargains that you didn't, didn't ever intend. When I was looking up curses, there was a lot on hacks. They seem to be pretty common in the Feywild, and they're always ones for trying to rope people into touching cursed objects or uh, giving up something important to them, doing deals. They sound a little bit like devils, but perhaps slightly harder to predict. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. I wasn't not sure if you remember that I've got this amulet. I could make a deal. Don't know what happened. It seems like a, if worse comes to worse, it's the kind of place where you kind of pray, go to and hope for a good outcome. So unpredictable, though. I mean, yeah. I'm not too. Um, did Dick tell us about the hag that um, that cursed Cren? I don't think he ever did. Oh, okay. Never mind then. God, oh, Dick. <laughs> I don't think so. You can correct me if you're if I'm wrong there, Dick. No, I don't remember. Yeah. No, Dick will not have mentioned it. Dick is. Uh, Dick has uh, forgotten many a thing. <laughs> are you saying Bunko has forgotten many a thing, or are you saying Dick here? No, no, no. I'm genuinely saying Dick here. I have, uh, I have not, I, I haven't actually forgotten, no. I, I do remember it. It's just that, you know, I forgot a lot of stuff recently, and it didn't really come up. Nobody asked about where yeah, I that's knew. that's true. You know. People no from. one asked where I knew Kurt from. No one... No one asked. I guess that's the problem. Or... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, like I mean, this isn't Bunkle saying this. This is Dick saying this to Rorik while he's getting into his beers. He's like, nobody ever asks about Dick and how he know people. Keep <laughs> telling them I kill dragon. Keep telling them I play in band with Kurt Van Helsing and no one say thing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's the, 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 the fluid element there of us being like. Yeah, okay, that, that, that we think that Dick may be a bit of a teller of tall tales. Mm. And, uh, you know, is, 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 I mean, you won v one a dragon and won yeah, somehow. I mean, I mean, his dad has a million pound house and stuff. I mean, yeah. there's, <laughs> there's, there's definitely a, a lot of like, hmm, yeah, okay, whatever, mate, uh, going on. But, but also, I mean, I guess it's like, how do you know so-and-so doesn't isn't really a question we tend to ask all that often is it it's like i know that guy oh, okay cool like there is i mean without metagaming it why why are we gonna want uh, would i would i like to know more well no uh, I, d I don't know is there a story there if there's a story there is he gonna volunteer it i guess 
No, because he doesn't remember. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's our only experience with hags, really. Uh, well, like, it's, uh, it's the, 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 the only experience as players with hags, yeah, as as characters. Oh, we uh, we yeah. see we see the the sea hag. The sea hag. The that was yeah, pretty odd. It, she owed it. What she owed Rogar a favor. She did mm. in the nobles outside of the city of Veridin. No, it was in the. It was. It wasn't in the in the nobles' house when we were. When it we, was in the nobles' house. Saved, we, yeah, yeah, we saved her there, but I can't remember where we had to meet her. Yeah, uh, it was outside of Veridin. Outside of Veridin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We but this meet is her? all pre-pod, and we've no. No, we never did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, 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 we could head over there now. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it's not domed. So someone someone put a sea hag down on the um a list of um really? <laughs> allies. <laughs> hey, fuck it. Any, anyone will do. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I know with Solara, um, yeah, curses. I mean, is it is the Feywild? Do you think going there would help at all? Or I don't know. I mean, I. Well, are you asking me as a person, or are you just put throwing it out? I'm there? asking Solara. You need to butt oh. out of this conversation. Sorry, Matt. I thought you were talking to me. Sorry. <laughs> no, oh, why would I be talking to you? I don't know. I thought you were just. It's difficult to tell because you use the same voice for both characters. Your face is a voice. That's <laughs> 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 oh, right. <laughs> I'm too tired for the shit. Fuck off. <laughs> uh. Well, Solara kind of shrugs and goes, um, well, maybe the, the, the Fae is an odd place. It's, it's, it's almost like a parallel to the material plane, but it's all lights, wonder, music, and death. It, it's, it's, it's like the extremes, right? Like it's, it's brilliant. It's magical. Things can happen there that wouldn't happen on the material. And yeah, they, they have, powers powers over memory over life and death over binding you to them uh, they can do a lot whether they could restore my memory it's it's not impossible i <sighs> part of me thinks that the person who did this to me might have been a fae like it's it spoke the way it spoke the language it used it must be a fae creature right like there's no other way around it and you thought it was you recognized it, right? It was one of your dad's yeah. minions or helpers or whatever they are. I guess if if it's a powerful creature or maybe it just has access to magics that not all do, perhaps going to the source could be one way around it. Well, we're on our way to see them, so maybe just confronting them will get it back. Yeah. I don't know. Well, um, go see my dad, I guess. See what his minion has to say. What exactly my dad ordered happen whether or not you never know he might be responsible for it somehow but i don't know well your dad from what you told me of him sounds like he keeps interesting company yeah you, you could you could say that i mean with all his friends and things i mean why do you think i ran away all those years ago i, I didn't want to deal with any of this anymore so but here i am again back doing following him doing something to do with him again seems like no matter i've, I've tried pushing putting it off for ages now but if we're looking for allies i mean he, he wouldn't be the worst ally but oh. I, we'll, we'll get answers yeah it, that's all that matters we just need to get answers i need to swallow my pride 
and see where this gets you, right? She nods and goes, well, at least with your dad. We know he wants something, right? He wants you for whatever reason. He wants your brother, I guess. I don't really remember anything. Yeah, yeah, I just... I came back to save David, and what have I done? Fuck all about it. I failed at every turn. I was supposed to save David, then I got caught up by Dad, and then Dad's like, okay, you can leave as long as you give me David. And have I given it to him? No. So, and now I'm just... Do I double-cross my dad? Do I save David somehow? And to be honest, I don't care anymore. You're more important. There's the only reason why I'd ever consider going back is to get your memories back, to get you to where you're supposed to be. The rest of it, the rest of it doesn't matter. Whatever happens, happens now. Right? She gives you a bit of a faint smile and goes, Thank you. Um, okay. I know I don't remember everything or anything that happened between us. Um, but hopefully that all comes back soon. And I, I can mean, stop feeling yeah. so disconnected. Regardless of what will happen or has happened between us, your mem- memory loss is is on me and our situ- and like the situation that we're in. So we will fix this. I mean, you, you looking forward to going to Varexpire? See some people you you know a lot better than the rest of us. Let's be honest. She doesn't up. She's like, um, yeah, it's it feels weird. It's almost like it, I've not been gone that long, but I guess I have. Um, yeah, it, it'll be good to see everyone and see how they've been getting on. Anyone in particular you're looking forward to seeing? Just as a heads up, and who 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 do we um, are we not looking forward to seeing? She goes, well, um, it'll it'll be good to see my master again. Um, he uh, is. I don't know if I ever told you about him the first time around. I guess, um, but his name was Amon Jahal. He. He was an amazing wizard, um, taught me how to control my sorceress abilities. Um, yeah, all, and he was the guy who sent me to investigate all of this in the first place. So it'll be good to see him and catch up and let him know everything that's been going on. Yes, uh, yes. He sent you to like investigate the Illuminated, didn't he? And that seems like such a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, what our illuminated was in our head was completely different from yours, and it's it's just really annoying that the DM used the same word for the same like two different things. Hey, <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if he intentionally tricked you by not referring to it uh, in one form, and then pulled the wool over your eyes or something. Oh, it's just really unimaginative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, all you of are, a sudden, so getting put down. <laughs> all of a sudden, the ship starts to shake. <laughs> well, um, um, pops my dad. <laughs> funny you should say that, um, Dick. You're well, the one keeping watch, right? No, yep. Sophia. <laughs> Make me a dexterity saving throw with advantage because you were keeping watch. Oh shit. As uh, below deck, the uh, ship rumbles. He's hungry. 19. 19. Dick, you may have had a pint or two with Rorik and kind of told him your uh, stories that no one else would listen to. But uh, <laughs> when it comes to it, you spy almost like a, a ripple in the sky near you. And you know that can't be good. You immediately drop the beer, run to the helm, and slam hard to one side to start turning the ship as 
some bizarre massive creature appears through the rift and is heading straight towards the ship. Tommy, you're the one with the best view of it now that uh, Dick's run to man the helm. You see this large, fleshy monstrosity come barreling towards your ship, clearly damaged, like up the side of it has been torn into liquid. You don't know if it's its version of blood or something else is streaming off of it as it flies towards you. Dick manages to turn your ship just enough that it kind of slows and bumps into the side of uh, the ship rather than crashing into it, which is what it was originally going to do. And Tommy, you watch as these bizarre creatures are flying alongside this bigger monstrosity, seemingly attacking it, stabbing at it with their, you don't know, like claws, you suppose? As Dick, Rurik, R4, and I guess Sophia, I'm assuming you're going to probably start running up to the helm, to the, uh, the deck as well. Creatures land on the ship, the ones that were attacking it. Um, and I'm going to show you a picture of what they look like, as they are very bizarre. And this is why we never say anything that Cookson does is unimaginative, so... Yes, I know. Oh, oh why? <laughs> Rogar would know because Rogar's bought one and eaten it. When it. <sighs> so, Tommy, you are absolutely horrified to see this. His, these absolutely hideous, crustaceous creatures possessing multiple angled and weirdly jointed limbs. A large like heavy carapace sits across its body um acting like armor and behind it they have these large fan-like wings that were literally helping them fly just a few seconds ago before they landed all of their heads have these kind of brain-like protuberances covered in tiny little bristles and tendrils that are constantly like cycling through like an almost nauseating array of color you don't know if it's almost a form of communication as this almost half plant, half insect-like creature, otherwise known as Amigo, which as Funkle says, they uh, correctly, Rogar uh, did encounter these creatures once before, which would make this massive fleshy ship behind you the thing they've been chasing. Well, the largest one kind of moves forward a few steps, not aggressively, but he's flanked by four smaller ones as they are all kind of squaring up to you on the ship. From behind, though, from this large monster that you don't know if it's dead because it doesn't seem to be reacting or moving. And Tommy, I'll say with your perception, your passive, you notice that where those big gash marks down the side are, you swear you can see metal? You don't know if this thing is alive or a machine. Whatever it is, it's the most bizarre thing you've ever seen. It's got these large dangling tubes and like metal structures that look completely alien to you. None of this looks normal. But you all hear in a voice, kind of like the tinniness of R4's voice when he speaks, a voice echoes out from the ship and goes, Could someone help? Help, help, help. Um, anyone? They're trying to kill me. Please help. Echoes across the whole ship. No, fuck off, Matthias. <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> the largest Migo looks at you all and goes, Do not 
Engage. We are simply retrieving our property. Uh, how the fuck is that fleshy fucking metal-y ship your property? And why is it screaming for help? I want to insight check it. You, you can insight check it. Yeah, insight check it. But I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask it straight out. And Tommy's already kind of hovering around his weapons as he steps towards this thing. Because I mean, let's be honest, a talking fucking brain with that's trying to return to crab with wings <laughs> doesn't exactly um, look friendly. I've got a thirteen. Thirteen. This thing's true intentions are possibly beyond you, but what you do pick up is that you're not entirely certain if it's referring to the ship or something on the ship. Maybe both. It is none of your concern. Stand down, and we will retrieve what is ours. Well... I think this is where you and I might differ on opinions on that, actually, because seeing as this is my fucking ship and this thing is right next to us and it's calling for help, so I think I'll decide whether it's my concern or not. Thank you very much. Now, what can you answer my fucking question, or are we going to have a problem? We are simply retrieving an item that belongs to us. The warbling wails of its former voice mean nothing. It belongs to us. It agreed. And it is ours. I'm so I'm still on deck with um Rogar well, Rogar with, with Dick and uh, with uh Rorik. Well, let's bring up a map, shall we? Yeah, I feel like it's about time, isn't it? <laughs> because, because I mean, Tommy, Tommy's not hugely convinced by a, by a. It's mine. I want it. Like, oh. I mean, at, at least, at least in one thing, someone's actually kind of talking to us before they try and kill us, which is fairly novel. So, um, I'm not, I'm not, imme- not immediately drawing my gun to shoot it because you know things don't normally ask questions first. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's not a not a massively convincing argument. Give it back, it's mine. I mean, I deal with that shit for my kids every day. Uh, normally, I don't give it back. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> shit for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like it's like no, I'm 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 picking my battles, and right now, I'm not necessarily going to give you this thing back unless I know what the fuck it is. I mean, what 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 do I know? It's not some kind of crazy crazy weapon that they're immediately going to turn on us. So, your primitive mind could not comprehend what is aboard that vessel. Well, little uh, little word of advice there, mate. When you're when you're trying to negotiate with someone, it's probably not a great idea to call them primitive, um, or to belittle them, especially when clearly you obviously don't want to fight with us, uh, or else why would you be fucking talking? Why wouldn't you just be killing us? So, maybe try to be a little bit friendlier, a little bit nicer, and uh, maybe we'll have a little sit down. You can tell us exactly what the fuck the thing is, and if we feel like it, we'll decide, yeah, maybe you can carry on and uh, take it. Maybe we'll also listen to it, though, because it's clearly calling for help. 
And, uh, you know, we are, and you may not have heard of us, but we are the agents of Hobo. Uh, we are a uh, government-sanctioned uh, agency. And uh, we have some kind of authority here, I would say. How long are you going to pull that along for? Forever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> as long as Tommy lives, he is an agent of Hobo. He has the paperwork to prove it. The largest one kind of clicks its pincer arms together for a second and then looks at some of its um, comrades, kind of confused by the words you're saying, as uh, the tinny voice returns over the whatever speakers it's coming from. goes, I am a sentient creature and I am not property. You will find that these things are trying to deny me my right of existence. Please help. If anyone could help me, I can't really see what's going on out there, but I can hear bits and pieces. Right, okay. Well, we don't hold with slavery. I'm going to I'm going to look at um look at Dick and um uh and Rorick and see what their faces say. Oh, and and, and glance back at uh Sphere behind me. Oh, I've just realised I need to um, put my hit points back. Yes, you all should be at full. Uh, yeah. Um, nice. Yes, I am. Um, so I'm going to glance at my my party members and um, see what their expressions are saying or what they fancy saying. Um, I mean, Rurik or like, I can't say I truck with slavery or sentient creatures. I don't know what the hell these things are, but that's no justice that I know. Yeah. But- Kill it. <laughs> Sophia's already <laughs> knocking an arrow. <laughs> Dick? As the, uh, the most, clearly the most intelligent creature in this conversation, I think we need to kill the weird crab thing. Agreed. Sun's out, gun's out. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna... Well... I suppose as you all start drawing weapons, I think we're going to have to roll initiative. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice to be able to chat to our attackers before we have inevitably kill them. <laughs> it's a bit different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do, right? Ooh, Ooh twenty-two. Uh, nineteen. And wow. A thirteen. Um, yeah, nice. A good range. Mm, you're all very fast. Let's roll for uh, Rurik. Probably a lot slower. I have that fucking whacking great hammer. Mm, 15. Not too bad from him. Yeah. And now the Migo. 23 for the scout. Fuck off. <laughs> That's actually kind of surprising. And the larger creature known as Amigo Warrior. Also 23. What? I rolled two. <laughs> I rolled an 18 and a 19. We thought we were doing so well. Uh, I, yeah. I, 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 I know. Really I'm. Surprised. I know. Neither of my characters are on the tracker, though. Yeah, they are. Oh, I can't. Or four, eight. I can't see them yet. Maybe, oh. maybe my thing's not refreshed or something. I don't know. Yeah, I can't see them either. But that's weird. Well, I can see them. Sorry. Well, as long as it doesn't skip me, that's fine. Yeah. Fuck's sake! I was really hoping to assassinate some things, some motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm legitimately surprised they uh, both beat you <laughs> i mean clearly we spent too long like um uh talking as we casually drew weapons <laughs> yes they were uh, spoiling for a fight <laughs> uh, well we will we'll happily give it to them 
Yes, so uh, I guess the scouts can go first then. One of them will run up towards you, Tommy, and he will go with his uh, multi-attack and attempt to hit you with his pincers as this weird, as I say, it's with like a cross between a crab and a plant. It's bizarre how it moves and kind of like rolls towards you and then all of a sudden leaps up with these like fleshy wings and tries to snap at your throat with these massive alien looking pincers and its first attack straight up is a 11 swing and a miss yep. second attack 12 also a miss so two misses for the first one uh the second one is going to run up and will flank r4 gets him some advantage Ooh. and as he gets advantage he gets a sneak attack as well so if he hits he's going to do some extra damage with advantage, you got a 14, which I don't think is good enough even for our uh, four. No, it's not good enough for our four. Not since we um, upgraded him anyway. Uh, second one, natural 20. Roll enough Ouch. times, get what you get, which means I'm going to deal a lot of damage with my sneak attack here. So initially, that's 16 points of damage total, as these pincers just managed to find a weak point in R4's armor and kind of crush down on his uh, collarbone, the mechanical pistons that he has there. Yep. And as he hits, um, R4 needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. A seven. seven. He fails that. Grappled. Okay. By this one. And it's going to use its maddening hyphasia, since it uh, was able to do sneak attack damage. You notice, Tommy, is you're the closest one to see this, while R4 kind of gets grabbed from behind. This weird alien creature suddenly... It's like swiftly stings these little filaments of fungal matter into R4's like mechanical components. R4 needs to take a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Oh dear. Uh, a natural one. Natural oh, one. For sake. R4 is confused. Okay. Uh, and you can attempt that save again at the end of each of its turns. Okay. And I will read you what confusion does. It works just like the spell. Is it like in Pokemon where they just start attacking it themselves? <laughs> uh, can't I actually remember anymore. <laughs> it's been so long <laughs> since I've even read this spell. Confusion. Uh, the spell assaults and twists the creature's mind, spawning delusions and provoking uncontrolled action. Each creature within a 10-foot radius sphere is centered upon each by yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, affected creature can't take reactions and must roll a d10 at the start of its turn to determine its behavior for that turn. So, uh, R4 is going a little bit mad. Oh dear. Okay. Third Migo is going to attempt to uh, rush Mr. Fate. And we'll hit him straight up with two attacks. Another natural 20. Oh dear god. Um, well, this one didn't have advantage, so he doesn't get his sneak attack. But uh, that's that's 14 points of damage to you, Dick. And I'm okay. going to need you to make me a dex saving throw. Three. Natural oh, wait, one. Wait, wait. I have extra things on. I think that's for like traps and things. That's, uh, be my guest to check your uh, barbarian nature. It's fine, yeah, no. I do have lots of stuff that can affect deck saving throws, but not a straight up thing. Okay, then you are grappled with the first attack, which oh, means the second attack. Wait. I, is it. Wait, wait, wait. Is grappled incapacitated or not? No. Grappled is literally you can't uh, move. But it's cla is it classed as a harmful effect? Um, it counts as a condition. 
Grappled creature speed becomes zero, can't benefit for any bonus to speed. Condition ends if the grappler is incapacitated. The condition also ends if an effect removes grappled creature from the reach of the grappler. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'll 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 agree with that. Okay, go on, carry on. <laughs> okay. Yes. The large one is also going to then approach you, Mr. Fate. Actually, no, sorry, not the large one. One more regular one to go. Um, the last one is going to attack Rurik, and uh, I think you would get advantage on that as well, because there are you guys are all nicely grouped. Uh, 22, so that's... Wait, hang on. I missed an attack. Sorry. I'm going to re-roll this. There's one more attack on you, Dick, while you're grappled, as the other pincer tries to uh, latch onto you. Uh, 17. Don't think that's good enough? Yeah, no, no, it doesn't hit. Okay, second pincer fails to uh, get purchase on uh, your uh, fancy duster. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Last good one of the scouts. <laughs> Last one of the scouts is going to go after Rurik. So he's going to go with advantage. Uh, oh. 25. What the fuck? <laughs> These this? things are immense. <laughs> and so that's... Ooh, that's a, that's actually a lot of damage. Poor Rurik. How are you... We're rolling natural ones, and you're rolling, like, <laughs> decent every single time. This is... I, not I'm on. rolling insane, right? What's, what's going on? <laughs> Our so, dice game is weak, guys. Weak. That's ni uh, 19 points of damage to Rurik on the first attack. And Jesus. Rurik needs to make a save. Ooh, boy. And this is the chaff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, natural 20 on Rurik for his what? dexterity save. He dodges oh, out of the pincer. Uh, second attack, another pincer. 27? Wow. Come on, dude. I Something is up with my rolling, because I am dude, on this fire. Is, this is arc 3, not arc 33. Just dial it down. <laughs> uh, so that's 12 more points of damage to Rurik. Ooh, he got a nasty, nasty hit there. If that was Solara, she'd be dead by now. <laughs> yeah, Rorik's a bit uh, tankier, thankfully. Oh, thankfully. Uh, um, but Rorik needs to make another deck save to see if he can avoid the grappling, uh, which he does. Success for him. And there's no reason why they wouldn't use the maddening high facial on him as well, since they got their sneak attack. So, he's... Sophia, you also watch as this bizarre creature, as it latches onto Rurik, kind of leans in close and extends these weird little fungal tendrils into Rurik's skin to attempt to uh, fuck with his brain. Gross. Uh, and with an absolutely terrible roll, an eight, he's also confused. So our front line is grappled, and two of them are confused. It's yes. going great. This is what happens when we say things that are uninspired by the DM. This is what happens. <laughs> Sophia, don't go for no shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, you, of course you don't. You're well back behind the lines here. <laughs> so then, finally, the, uh, the big one is going to walk up to Mr. Fate and is going to try tear him apart. First up, uh, he's going to go with his pincers. First pincer, 26, 12 points of damage. As that first massive pincer from this creature just crushes down onto your arm, Dick. You'll uh, feel the pain a little bit there. Now, I don't know if you can be multi-grappled. I'm going to say that you can't. 
I mean, sure, surely, surely a second grapple would either break the first grapple, or it just wouldn't bother grappling if it's already being grappled. So you, you could, either, you can, I guess you could switch the grapple from one to the other. But in if you if you grappled something that was already being grappled, surely that's breaking the grapple. Yeah, I think I'll say it's kind of like up to me on whether it replaces it or not. I'm gonna say it doesn't. It's just gonna use Dick as a punching bag, and then second hit on Dick with the pincer with advantage, fifteen which I don't believe is good enough. And then its final attack, as you guys see, this creature kind of rears up onto its multiple insectoid hind legs. And you watch as its insides kind of open up into these other jointed limbed arms with little claws on the end. And it's going to rake them across Dick's skin and just tear into his flesh with a claw attack. Ooh, natural one. Oh no, with advantage. 23. 14 more points to Mr. Fate. So, this creature rears up onto its hind legs and basically just tears into Mr. Fate, leaving these bloody claw marks just right across his chest, dealing another 14 points of damage. And <laughs> with this uh, assault finished, I think we're going to end this episode here, as you have seen the uh, horrifying fury of these alien monstrosities. Next week, you guys get to uh, unleash your own assault upon them. And see how they take it. But, uh... <laughs> you can have to hold us back. Come on. <laughs> I mean, fucking hell. Come on. Both of them. You, you've not rolled like less than like a 15, I swear. <laughs> you you should be glad we're ending here because apparently I'm on a goddamn hot streak. Just, <laughs> I, am a, I have, yeah, not rolled below a 15. I think I've rolled like five 19s. Yeah, and, and plus and those twenty threes for initiative to start with. I mean, we we were all starting here being cocky, giving these fucking weird ass aliens shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they've just ripped the fucking heads off us, pretty much. Oh, Ooh. Nightmare. Well, yeah, they are uh, Lovecraftian monstrosities. They're supposed to be horrifying. Well, yep they they sure are. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fungi from Yugoth bizarre creatures but yes uh, let's dude looking shits <laughs> well next well in two weeks time we'll pick this combat back up as we kick off arc three with horrifying devastation <laughs> thank you for joining us everyone that was gunpowder trees and no plot i am i was the dm and host and you can catch us on patreon at patreon.com slash gtmp if you want to you know give something a little bit back to the show help support us it helps all these episodes come to fruition if you want to just give us a rating or review check us out on itunes and upvote us there if you want to get in touch generally go to twitter i am there as at trees and no and my players are there with their player names and gtmp at the end of it and if you want to learn about the lore of our world go to our wordpress website which is gunpowder treason no plot and uh i'll turn you over to my co-host to say goodbyes i think unfortunately we've lost bunkle for this last few moments but we'll uh we'll let him save his usual uh dick fate jingle for next uh, next episode I, I I like to think it just goes ba 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 it's a stick and then there's just some, some static and then it just cuts out <laughs> and then leaving all of the audience to ponder what has happened. <laughs> he never returned from the plane of air. Yes, yes, he returned to his people. <laughs> uh, um, Bro, I, roll uh, your dice, oh, Matt. 
Okay, it's a two for 20 and a nine. 29. Have we had that one before? Uh, no, sensor for controlling air elementals. Well, that'd be That's handy. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while incense is burning in the sensor, you can uh, use an action to speak a command word and summon an air elemental as it can cast the conjure elemental spell. It can't be used this way again until the next dawn. I mean, yeah, I guess. What are we going to do with an element, air elemental? Well, on the plane of air, I mean, yeah, it might be handy. Give us a hand to fight these um, abominations. Ask it for directions. Well, yeah, that's true as well. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the next right at the next uh, tree? Yeah, the, 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 see that cloud over there? Oh, well, actually, it's moved now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, cool item. Maybe one day you'll see one. Yeah, maybe. You never know. Yeah. Hmm. All right, well, thank you for joining us, everyone. We will see you all again in two weeks' time to continue with this horrifying combat and the start of Arc 3. All the best. Bye. 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 Hey, I'm Brad, and if you like D&D and fantasy stories with lots of magic, adventure, strange beasts, and oddball characters, and comedians with New Zealand accents, then oh boy, have I got just the show for you. The Fate of Ison is a podcast that has, wait for it, all of those things. Remember those things I mentioned? It's got all of them! Now go listen to The Fate of Ison because it's good and you deserve good things. Fate of Ison, a proud member of the Necropodicon Network. Necropodicon. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects you heard during this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so be sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.